Praise God the Father for that middle cross. If it was not for that middle cross, folks, none of us would be here this morning. Forgiven. Washed, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. This morning, I invite you, if you'd like to, take your Bibles with me and turn to the book of Ephesians. Be looking in chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, and predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to, according to the good pleasure of his will, through the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, have made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth the gospel of your your gospel you believed. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance and the redemption of the purchased procession unto the praise of his glory. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask your blessing upon reading this holy word, Father. As we go through this now, Father, I pray that we'll open our hearts to hear the word as well as our ears. Father, I pray these words will not fall on rocky ground. Father, I pray of fall on the fertile hearts. And Father, my prayer this morning is anyone here that's never come to that middle cross that has not been cleansed by the blood of Christ. Father, today will be the day. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory as we pray now through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, the title of the message is blessings from God. The blessings that we receive from God is God's gift to us from His grace. Today's scripture, as you see, deals with an eternal plan. It deals with the great blessings of God, which He pours out on those who trust His Son, Jesus Christ, as their Savior. Throughout history, God has blessed men in two methods. Before Christ came, God would bless the ones in the Old Testament as an example with material things such as animals, sheep, cattle, and so forth. Since Christ, God 
deals with man with spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings are of the Spirit. When you walk the aisle or knelt and accepted Christ in your life as your Holy Savior, you immediately was blessed by your first spiritual gift. And that was indwelling the Holy Spirit. Indwelling within you to lead you, to guide you, to walk the path that Christ laid for you in each and every one of us. Sometimes it's going to be a rough walk. Sometimes it'll be almost like heaven. You see, God promised you a garden and a rose garden, but he never promised there would not be any stickers in them. The stickers are there for us to rely on our Savior, Jesus Christ, and to claim these blessings, these promises that he's given us. A person may feel bad, may be depressed, but if that person's spirit is strong, that person will conquer his feelings. He overcomes the circumstances around him, and he'll live a victorious life. If your spirit is weak, you'll walk in self-pity, grumbling, griping, and live it, living a defeated life. God has not called us to be defeated. He called every one of us to live the abundant, victorious life in and through him. God's blessings will enable a person to control their lives and to live this abundant life that Scripture talks about. But you must live it in Christ, in Christ. Special blessings are found only in Christ. You'll not find your special blessings, special blessings in your pastor or your Sunday school teacher or your wife or your husband or your kids or your bank account. You'll only find these spiritual blessings in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So in the day scriptures, we're going to see seven blessings in the scriptures I just read you. That is not all the blessings from Christ in the scriptures, but those few little verses I read you contains seven spiritual blessings. For the first one, in verse 4, you'll see that God has chosen us to be holy and blameless. Before this world was created, he determined that he would have a people who would be in him, that is, in and through his Son, Jesus Christ, a people that would be holy without blame, a people who live before him forever and ever. When we look at the word holy, as used in Scripture, it means to be set apart. It means consecrated to God. The word blameless means free from sin. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, you'll read, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a peculiar people. Now, most time when I read that scripture, somebody will say, what do you mean a peculiar people? It doesn't mean they're crazy like me. Folks, it means a special, elect, a chosen by the Holy God people. A peculiar people unto him only. You'll never find that blessing in the things of this world. You'll find it only through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 will also tell you, or verse 24 will tell you, that you put on the new man, which after God is created, and righteousness, true holiness. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 15, you'll read, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked, perverse, world that we live in today we as his children are to be a shining light in this world of darkness and folks I really don't have to tell you but you turn on the TV and try to watch some news in the evening this world needs some light the second blessing you'll find in verses 5 and 6 you'll see Adoption, predestination, foreordained. God has adopted us as believers in Christ to be his sons and daughters. A very glorious privilege has been given to us being an adopted child of God. Now, you'll find that this truth, when you consider how sinful man is, is how amazing this truth is how we have rebelled at times. The fact that God wills and finds pleasure in adopting us and that he counts it as good is truly only by his amazing grace. There's not a thing in the world that I can do, you can do, that we can earn this amazing grace. It is only by his love and John 3.16 and that middle cross. The word foreordained does not mean that God chose some people for salvation and everyone else for eternal punishment in hell. Scripture will teach the exact opposite. Again, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You'll even find it in the Old Testament, the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 32, where you'll see, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, God chose a people to bring the gospel to this world. The nation of the Hebrews. So you might be saying, oh, wait a minute, I thought you said we're an adopted child. We are. You are adopted into this holy nation that the Father has brought. You are equal in this adoption as a brother, a sister to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let that sink in a minute. Let that sink in just a minute. 
the Son of God. There will be a day that if you are saved by the blood of Christ, you shall walk the golden streets of glory side by side, arm in arm with your Holy Savior, Jesus Christ, for eternity. Now, folks, if that don't get your socks rolling down, I'd as well go ahead and sit down. We have a spiritual blessing given to us for that. God predetermines only that whosoever will will become the adopted sons. Whosoever will accept Christ. Okay? The third blessing you'll find verse 7. Redemption and ransom. God has redeemed us as the music and the songs we had this morning gives us. God has redeemed us and forgiven our sins. The word redemption simply means a debt's been paid. But it is one of the greatest words in the Bible. It conveys the idea to us of deliverance or setting a man or woman free by paying the ransom. But there's three elements in this ransom that was paid by Jesus Christ. One, that man needs to be delivered and set free. But man is unable to do it himself. So God has redeemed man by the blood of Christ. It is by his holy blood shed on that cross that we can sit here this morning and say we are a child of God. God himself paid the price for our redemption. The ransom of a life for a life. God gave his son that we, Jim French, Herman, anybody else sitting out here, could be free from the chains of sin. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 will tell you that the Son of Man, which is Jesus Christ, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life ransom for many. The fourth lesson you'll find in verse 8 where you found the words wisdom and prudence. God has given us wisdom and understanding. Both come to us through Jesus Christ. God will give you his wisdom and understanding only to those who honor his son. The word wisdom means seeing and knowing the truth. I know every one of you prays for the will of God in your life. But along with praying for his will to be done, we also need to pray for the wisdom and the knowledge to understand and know what the will is. God will give it to you. This wisdom is found only in Jesus Christ. And it's only promised to those who seek him with all their hearts. You'll find written in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, 
but under them which are called both Jews and Greek, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The little word prudence actually means understanding, which simply in this context that you see it is, means seeing how to use and to do the truth in your daily life. And God will reveal it to us if we seek it. The fifth blessing, mystery of God's will. In the Bible, a mystery is not something that's mysterious and very difficult to understand. In the Bible, a mystery is simply a truth that has been locked up in God's plan until he's ready to reveal it to mankind. This church age we are now, it was a mystery to the prophets of the Old Testament because God did not reveal it to them. But in the consummation of time, this church age became known the world over. It's no longer a mystery. There is to be a fullness of time. There's going to be a new order in the future when all things, is going to be brought to a peaceful state under the authority of Jesus Christ. In that climatic day, all this harmony, division, and evil that we see in this world today is going to be subjected and harmonized under Jesus Christ. A new and perfect and eternal creation will be established for the Lord and his holy people throughout this universe. The church today is to picture this mystery to the world. Jesus Christ is God's appointed head over the new, create, <clears throat> new creation and new order. He is also God's head over the church. If you have a deacon body, the deacons are not the board directors. They're not the head of the church. You have a pastor, but he is not the head of the church. God himself is the head of the church. He has never given that right to any of us yet. Now, he will be Christ himself they head over the new creation that's going to come in the future. The church on earth today is to reveal this mystery to the present world. And as his representative body of believers, we are to be his instrument in reconciliation of peace. We are to take the message of Christ and his message of peace to the world. Don's doing that today and the next several days but you do not have to go overseas to do so it starts right where you sit now as his body we are to take the message as I said all over the world but we are ourselves to practice reconciliation and peace on this earth. In the church, of all places, in the church, 
all barriers, all divisions is to be done away with. We should not set classes of people in the church. God himself only sees two classes of people, the saved and the unsaved. We should be the same way. And we, as the saved representatives of God, should be doing all in our power to present this picture of peace and reconciliation to lost ones around us. The next blessing you'll find, you'll find in verse 11, 12, and 13, the sixth blessing, the inheritance. Now we mentioned inheritance, what do you immediately think of? Anybody? But you think what you've got coming to you, don't you? Simply. God's inheritance that he's given to us is us becoming his processions. We're his. God takes the believer and makes him his own. He has given us the glorious privilege of becoming his beings of living and existing forever as his most cherished possession. Exodus chapter 19 verse 5 will tell you that if we will obey his voice, keep his covenant, then we shall be a peculiar treasure unto him. Again, the word peculiar does not mean odd. It means elected, chosen treasure unto him. We are his. That's the inheritance that we receive. And if you go on into the other scriptures a little deeper, you'll also find that this inheritance also includes everything that belongs to Jesus Christ is yours when you get to glory. Now let that sink in for a little bit. Let that sink in. We are his, and we will inherit everything that he has. Blessing number seven. You'll find verse 13 and 14. Speaks of the Holy Spirit being a seal. A seal simply means a guarantee. In the Old Testament times, when somebody drew up a contract, he'd roll it in a scroll, and every little bit they'd take a wax and a ring most of the time and stamp it on that and seal that section and roll some more in the scroll. That was their way they did their contracts. With Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father, He seals us with the indwelling Holy Spirit. We are His forever. Now, you'll hear some people say, Oh, you must believe in once saved, always saved. Yes, I do. If you are truly saved the first time, you will always be saved. And we've gotten into this in our Sunday school class. You will stand before the beam of judgment seat of Jesus Christ someday, but your works will be judged. And if your works were built out of and built on the foundation of him and precious gold, silver, so forth, instead of wood, hay, and stubble, you shall re receive rewards. If not, your works will be destroyed. 
you will not receive the rewards, but you will not lose your salvation. That's simply because, folks, if you believe that you can be re-saved, who are you going to crucify the second time around? You'll never crucify Jesus Christ again. That was once and for all, for all men. God sealed us with the Holy Spirit. You're given the indwelling Holy Spirit as perfect assurance of this salvation. We can know that we are redeemed, that we are God's cherished possession by the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 tells you the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We are believers and as believers we are truly blessed each and every second of our life. And our praise is to be God for His amazing, His love, His grace and these blessings. We gather together in his holy name to praise him and to thank him, to glorify his name. But we as believers gather together also to lift each other up, to strengthen each other also, and to love each other. There should never be any divisions within this earthly church. There should never be anything in God's church would cause people to split. No matter what their ethnic background is, no matter if they are nice and good looking as I am, don't you say it. Folks, in God's eyes, we look exactly the same he sees a saved and blessed soul. He doesn't care old Jim French got false teeth, no hair. He's looking right here. He's not looking up here. He's looking at that heart. And that heart must be pure. And that's the reason why the Holy Spirit is there. They lead you and guide you. During infestation time this morning, if you're here today and you haven't ever came to this middle cross, today is time to do it. We do not know our length of time upon this earth. There's not a one of us here this morning can 100% chance to tell you that we're going to make it home alive only the heavenly father knows the extent of time that he has given us it is in this short length of time that we call life that you can come to that center cross beyond this physical life beyond the grave there will never be any second chances you must come now and quietens this time. I'll be here. Brother Herman's here. 
Anyone else would be more than welcome to talk with you, pray with you. So at this time, it's invitation time. So I invite you to come. As you bow your heads, close your eyes, please. <laughs>